You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Why, greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network for Friday, February 25th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can find me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at LO underscore Padres if you want exclusively Padres-centric content, because I tend to tweet about a whole bunch of things, including backgrounds of the Sonic the Hedgehog games, whatever. But if you want Padres stuff, you can go check that out there. As always, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is a very special one. It is a returning guest who I think has been on the pod, uh, I'm going to say twice. I don't know if it's twice. This is either the second time or the third time. I think time. this is the second time. The second time. The first time we talked back about Blake Snell and how he had really great uh, kind of bounce back at the end of the year and whether or not he's going to continue that in 2022. But today we're going to be talking about all Padres stuff. You heard him just talking a little bit now. Uh, my good buddy, Colby Olson over at Just Baseball. Sir, how are you doing on this fine Dude, Friday what's morning? Up? What's up? I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm hyped to be back here. Um, hyped to talk Padres because, you know, honestly, I, I've always been a Padres like supporter. I'm not going to call myself a fan, but like I am a, I'm a supporter of their brand. Um, their jerseys are sick. The team is just like a fun yes. team to root for. Um, and they're always like on that West Coast slot. So it's like, who do you watch mm-hmm. late at night? I'm a Red Sox fan right here. Yeah. I watch I the Padres because <laughs> they're fun, man. Yeah. They're fun. Um, but they're but very fun. Get into fantasy, I kind of have a question for you. I, I just kind of want to feel it. feel out like what is your current vibe on the 2022 Padres? Like, how are you feeling about them? And like, what is their direction after the lockout ends, free agency or trade? I walk. think it's gonna be like the quick. So synopsis. it's funny because as we are literally chatting, there's a bunch of people the lockdown Padres mentions who are you know going back and forth on trading for Matt Olson, which I think is it, there's just too much to unpack there. I think in a lot of ways, you feel like there's some optimism. I just feel like so much went wrong. That's kind of where I am right now. Where all right, yeah, Tatis was great, Machado was great, like the guys you expect, but there were so many players who didn't just regress. They became like below replacement. And I feel like there's some positive regression to be expected to just at least be average players with the case of someone like Snell, with the case of someone like Darvish. Like everybody was so bad in the second half. I'm at least expecting them to, you know, maybe be an 88 win team. And they have vibes similar to when they're heading into the 2020 season where everything was on the down. Everyone was like, oh no, Machado, his first year, it's a bust. What are we going to do? Everybody's losing their minds, even though he still hit like 34 bombs that year. Um, and then look what happens, and they become the team that they are now. So I'm I'm fairly optimistic, man. I'm fairly optimistic. I, I'm the bigger problem is the division. I'm more worried about the division than I am about the actual team. I cannot actually get a feel for San Fran right now. I still think they're good, but there's just something 107 wins. You know what I mean? Like I just no, there's something about them that is, is they're going to for me to. Yeah, I'll bet money on the Padres finishing above the Giants yeah. next season. Oh, that's what I like to hear. Hey, Swolby Olsen coming in with the takes, everybody. Um, But we're talking about primarily the Padres in a real baseball sense uh, today. We're going to be talking fantasy. And I want to talk about fantasy because fantasy baseball is something I am addicted to for better. And to be honest with you, usually worse. Um, But I wanted to talk to you because over at Just Baseball, 
you just launched a podcast, Not Gambling Advice, which includes stuff related to, maybe related to gambling. Not entirely gambling. It isn't gambling advice, but it has to do with lines and all that stuff. And you guys have also been talking about fantasy. And you've been putting out, you know, top 10 catchers, top 20 catchers, top 50 first basement or whatever. And you guys have been breaking that down. So I figured you're a big fantasy expert. You're, you're a degenerate fantasy person like myself, so why not have you on to talk about Padres players heading into this 2022 season? Because we just talked about a lot of players regressed last year. It was a big, a lot of disappointment for the most part. And I want to see, you know, who do you think are going to be sleepers and whatnot in this draft? Who do you think yep. are players you don't want to draft? But the first question I think we have to ask, because this is how you do programming and content, folks. I got to talk about Fernando Tatis Jr. Do you think he is the first overall pick in fantasy baseball for 2022? So we debated on this one uh, on the Just Baseball show a couple weeks ago. And and to tell you the truth, I don't know. I think there that <laughs> Fernando Tatis, if healthy, if he plays six, if he has 600 plate appearances, 650 plate appearances, is in the lineup every single day or at least 150 games, he is going mm-hmm. to be the best fantasy baseball player in the game. But there is that risk that he does not play 150 games because of that shoulder, right? And so with your first overall pick, you need to nail that. Like, it doesn't need to be the best player, like, at 1-1. You just need that player to play every day at an elite level. And if your first overall pick misses 100 games or 50 games or whatever it may be, that that could be detrimental to your squad. Um, so right now, I I am leaning Trey Turner. But Tatis mm-hmm. is is right there. And and right now, as yeah. we look at it, if you go by ADP, Tatis is being taken basically even with um with Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. So like even the experts are split on this. Like nobody is nobody's calling Tatis bad, but I think people are just a little bit worried about that shoulder injury. And um yeah. it's a fair take. I think if I got first overall pick, I think I'm leaning Turner. Um but if I end up with Fernando Tatis, who has the potential to hit 40 home runs, even 50 home runs in a full season, plus he could steal 30 to 40 bags, which you're not getting yeah. from anybody else that's hitting 40 or 50 home runs. Like he yeah. is without a doubt could have one of the best fantasy baseball seasons we've ever seen. Like Mike mm-hmm. Trout level fantasy seasons we're talking here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I remember, you know, just to reference your old Boston Red Sox, I remember Jacoby Ellsbury's 30-30 year. For those who don't understand, 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. Stolen bases carry a lot of weight in fantasy baseball. Same thing to a degree with RBIs and runs. And I think that, you know, with Trey Turner, with that Dodgers lineup, you feel very comfortable. You know he's going to be smacked out in the middle. He's going to score. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he scores like 120 runs this year. He's going to hit four. I think a lot more power than people realize. You know what I'm saying? Did Maybe did he overperform last year? Yes. But 20, 25 home runs, I mean, at the minimum, is pretty he's solid. And then, of course, I think you think he's really a 30 is. home run guy? I think he really okay. is. I think he hit, he hits the mm-hmm. ball as hard as other guys that that hit you know 30 home runs. And launch angle or, or fly ball percentage rates for him are, are within line with guys that hit that many home runs. I think, I think that's a sustainable number for him. Um, but, yeah, I think he's just the safe guy there. And, and let's be real here. You cannot even like begin to try to project injuries. Like you're just, it, yeah. it's an impossible mm-hmm. task. But obviously, Turner was Tatis injured for a little like, bit. Yeah. You know, injury prone, and, and Turner could as well. I mean, it comes with the territory of stealing a lot of bases too, right? You're putting your body at risk by by you know sliding into second or third or even home. 
Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I think the big thing with Tatis versus some other guys, like you said, injuries are of course random, and you know you have to look at a player's history and stuff like that. But with Tatis, I think there's something about knowing he has the shoulder thing that is why, because it's like you know that this literally can pop up at any time. With Trey Turner or God forbid any other player, something could just happen. But there's something mm -hmm. about literally knowing and expecting almost by almost everybody's projections that Tatis could probably miss you like 20, 30 games, like hopefully at the minimum, right? Like hopefully it's nothing crazy. But like you said, with the power combination, he's not killing you in batting average, despite what some people may think because of the strikeout rate gets on base. If you're an on base percentage league. So yeah, I agree with you, man. I think that in a lot of ways it's, I'm going to be taking Tatis first overall for obvious reasons. And also because it's just objectively more fun, I think for a lot of people to have him on his team. And I think that that's one thing I would caution people is if you want to win Trey Turner out of all the top, like five picks, not necessarily the most exciting player out of the bunch. Cause you've got your Juan Soto and him doing the dances at home plate and all that stuff. You've got Shohei Otani. Who's probably around there. You've got Vlad jr. Do not sleep on the fact that Trey Turner can potentially just win you steals outright, which is one of yeah. the hardest things to find in fantasy baseball for sure. All I think of now when I think of Trey Turner is that swaggy slide he had last year. That is true. He did have that. That was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. That just for that gif alone, maybe he's a lot more excited than people think, guys. But um, one thing that I know no one will debate on, or at least they might if they're fools, right? Is what are the best protein bars? my friend in the whole galaxy, just on the planet, not just in this country or whatever, the whole galaxy guys, those are built bars. All right. Forget about argue about Trey Turner and Fred Tatis Jr. These things are not to be argued about. It's the time of year when most people give up on their resolutions and whatnot, but fear not. If you're struggling with that, you can go check out built bars because they kind of satisfy that sweet tooth for you. All right. They've also got these built bar puff things, which are kind of have that almond joy energy to them. If you're almond joy fans, they're a lot more lighter. They're really good. Check out the macros, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Well, I mean, I don't really have to. You get it, right? You're saving a lot when you do the built Bars and whatnot. And what I love about them the most, great variety of flavors, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almonds, white chocolate cookies and cream is new this month. They've got eggnog and and gingerbread, uh, my buddy Colby knows, I am no stranger to trying out new flavors of things. And what I love about them is just aside from being different, they all taste good, guys. Seriously, I've literally had like basically every single Built Bar flavor that they've had. And because you're listening to this podcast, guys, I have a deal for you. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Colby, we're back. We're back at it, all right? We all talked right, about Tatis, good. all right? Now we got to talk about the rest of the Padres because, in fairness, the Padres, a lot of them got drafted highly in fantasy baseball last year with people like Trent Grisham, with people like Manny Machado, obviously. You had Blake Snell, who was a top 15 sort of pitcher who was being taken. Joe Musgrove ended up being the sleeper. Even Chris Paddock was drafted high to a certain extent. Let's start first with who do you think – is kind of a big sleeper in the, when it comes to Padres being drafted this year based on their projections where they're currently ranked and whatnot. You know, everybody who's familiar with fantasy football, Matthew Berry does his love-hate thing. This doesn't necessarily mean you think that the player will be outright bad, but you just don't quite like where they're uh, being ranked uh, necessarily. And in this case, who do you think uh, who thinks a big sleeper for the Padres? Well, I think there's uh, – I don't know if there's necessarily like – 
a big sleeper here, but one guy that I'm really, really interested in this this year is you Darvish. Um, you Darvish had somewhat of a down year last year and got roughed up back when the uh, you know the sticky stuff was going on after that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. After that crackdown, but I really like him going to this year. He's being drafted um, around the hundredth pick and actually twenty picks below just M- Joe Musgrove. I have. Wow. You Darvish and Joe Musgrove literally back to back in my pitching rankings mm. right now about the okay. 20th spot, I believe. Yeah, I have mm. you Darvish ranked um, 18th, 18th, 18th best fantasy mm. pitcher um, right in line with Joe Musgrove. I think you Darvish is a is a great pick this year, and I think he's going to have a bounce back year. Another guy that I really like as a flyer late in drafts, he's being drafted around the 300th selection is Chris Paddock. Um, Chris Paddock mm. got roughed up with his fastball. Um, but I think going into now his, you know, third year, fourth year in the league already. Um, two years ago, I was like the biggest Chris Paddock supporter there ever was, was mm. drafting him. I think super, a lot of people were, yeah. And this is a guy that could provide you with a whip close to one. And I think this year is the year he he has an ERA below four. If he's a guy that has a three, six, three, seven ERA, I think that's still very fantasy relevant and i think he'll he'll strike out close to nine guys um you know per nine um that's a, that's a good point because br- and bringing up the adp is so important here with chris paddock where it's kind of like again don't go into your draft be like chris paddock's my guy but when you think about it there at least seems like it's i, I talk about this with the potters a lot where it's not inconceivable that Chris Paddock can provide you a good season. Again, this is fantasy. Does this mean he'll be an amazing pitcher for the rest of his career? No, but hey, I'm I'm old enough to remember when I drafted like Alfredo Simon, uh, Simone back yeah. in the day, who had like an incredible first half and then yeah. was bad. Maybe Paddock is a first half guy, but bottom line is you have to, he's still got talent and he could be a guy that gets you some decent amount of strikeouts. And like you said with the whip, Chris Paddock, the one thing he didn't do last year is walk a lot of guys, which was really awesome. Uh, he never has. He did not. Never yeah, been a He walk never guy. has. And he was elite with it last year. Yes, the control can be a little bit odd when locating the fastball. But he's a walk people, right? Yes, he might give up that three-yard home run, but he's not giving you a free base. But um, I think that's a great point also about you, Darvish, where, yeah, he fell back last year. And a lot of people who drafted him were really happy until the sticky stuff and the second half. For the first half, he got you plenty of wins. He got you a really great ERA and whip and the strikeouts. For me, I think with strikeouts is another reason I'd be drafting Darvish. And in fairness, 180p isn't that bad. It's not like he's being left on the scrap heap. Because of the strikeout potential, I think alone, especially in today's game, uh, you have to start considering Darvish. And I think with Musgrove is a great point. Do you think Musgrove, you know, are, are you still in on that guy? Because you said that they're kind of back to back. Do you still think he's going to have a be a viable starting pitcher for you this season. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love Musgrove as well. Um, I was just merely mm-hmm. pointing out that, you know, there's a big disparity between Musgrove and Darvish's ADPs gotcha. right now. And and at the current value they're being taken at, yeah, I'm, I'm all over Darvish over Musgrove for that reason. Um, but I'm also all over Musgrove having an even better year than he had. And he had a really, really good year. But, but, but back to yeah. Darvish real quick is, you know, he had mm-hmm. a 4.22 ERA, which for him just seems way too high. XERA was 3.35. The other FIP, mm. XFIP stats were, you know, in the in the mid to high threes. And, you know, it was clear that just something wasn't right. But I think with a winter to train, knowing that there's no sticky stuff next year, um, Darvish is going to come back and have, have a fine year. I think 
the biggest question mark for the Padres right now, and, and maybe you can shine some light for me here, is who the hell is going to close baseball games for you guys? <laughs> yes. I mean, that's the big thing. And in fantasy, when you're trying to get saves, I don't know about you, but I tend to just be like, I'll draft a guy that I think is cool, maybe in the middle of the, the draft, maybe. Otherwise, I just play closer carousel for the rest of the year, and I just try and find the guys that are going to get you saves. But with the Padres, I mean, it's a good question, right? Because the Padres are still expected to be a good team. There will be save opportunities. And initially, we all thought last year it was going to be Drew Pomeranz heading into the season. He is their big ticket money reliever. And he was on the team, and he was great. But instead, it went to Mark Melanson, who was one of the better pickups in fantasy last year because you got him so uh, low in the draft. And he was awesome. He saved a lot of games, not as many in the first half, but still, he was awesome, even if he didn't get you the, you know some great strikeout stats and all that. Bottom line is he closed out games pretty effectively. This year, I mean, Robert Suarez is in the mix. Unfortunately, in my opinion, Emilio Pagan is probably in the mix because Drew Pomerantz is still hurt. So there's just a lot of... Uh, a lot of questions around that. I think this could become one of those situations where we find out more in spring training and the regular season. So I would not, where you do not draft whoever is projected as the Padres closer. I would not do that because people are going to try and chase those saves because they know that there's going to be a lot of them with the Padres, but you just don't know. It could be Pierce Johnson. Heck, heck they might oh. even throw in what's his face. Um, Austin Adams, who hits. Yeah. Denelson Lament, who is, potentially a guy that they might turn into a long-term reliever, or maybe they want him to be a wipeout closer. I don't know. There's a lot of questions with the Padres bullpen, uh, even though there's like some good players in there, but I think that it's just, there's no clear cut guy right now. I mean, like I said, Robert Suarez, he throws like in the hundreds and they just brought him over um, who was pitching the, the Japanese baseball league. Right. So like he might be the guy, right. They like him. They signed him to a decent deal. Luis Garcia that they brought over. I just think that there's a lot of questions and they don't have a Kenley Jansen or a, you know, another shutdown closer, like a, like a hater in there where, you know, this is the guy that's going to get saves. I mean, to me, the, it makes sense to go trade for Kimbrel, bring mm. Kimbrel back, um, mm. get your guy. Mm. I think that's, that's like the main question mark for you guys aside from fantasy, right? The main question mark for the Padres right now is who's going to close baseball games. And I, I think Denelson Lamette is a super solid choice there too. I think in a one inning role, that slider who is one of the best sliders in all of baseball um, in a one inning role that that would be electric. I mean, he's, he's going to hit a hundred regularly. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. Denilson Lamette is actually being drafted as the number one relief pitcher for the Padres right now. I don't think he's going to start mm-hmm. next year. Um, Pierce Johnson is after him. So yeah, I, I agree with you though, Javi. I think staying away from any closer options here is probably the move. Mm-hmm. Because you never know. Again, you never know. You might get cheap. Look, and teams aren't always super smart. Shouts to Bob Melvin. Love the guy. Imagine he's going to do a great job. But, hey, I remember watching Fernando Rodney past his prime with, like, a five ERA closing out games for, like, Seattle or whatever. And that's why you had to draft him every year because they kept giving him the close your experience thing, whether or not that's valid or invalid. Sometimes I think it's valid. But sometimes teams just like having the guy that's had experience. So, be careful, Padres fans. Emilio Pagan could be a guy, maybe at the beginning, until he flounders a bit, uh, that closes out games. But so, yeah, I wouldn't bet on uh, kind of the Padres closer when you're heading into your draft. But I, something I think that we need to talk about really quickly with betting is where to go when it comes to all your betting stuff, right? What Which site has all the best odds, all the best player performance props, or where, you know, the next fired coach is going to land? 
That's betonline.net, guys. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. I know you're a big fan of the old college hoops, despite your alumnus, alumni. What's that called? Your alma mater. There we go. Alma mater. Not being the best of college hoops lately, alumnus school. Uh, But uh, BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And, of course, not just basketball, guys. They've got you covered in hockey, boxing, UFC, Olympic coverage they've probably got you oscars bets the bane of my existence the academy awards but they've got bets and whatnot for you head to the website today use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action but online where the game starts colby let's get into the the more controversial areas of fantasy baseball and that's padres players that you think are getting overdrafted or ones that you're kind of staying away from based on their ranking again this does not mean that you necessarily think they will have a bad season, but it means, ah, I just don't like them there. I might, I like more guys around their average draft position. What do you think? What do you got for me? One guy that I, that I cannot get a gauge on is Mike Clevenger, who did not pitch last mm. year due to Tommy mm. John surgery. And um, I think a lot of Padres fans are super excited about Mike Clevenger coming back. And I am too. I think he, when he's healthy, he's, he's, um, you know, he, he is a close to top 20 pitcher. I would say top 30 yeah. to 40 pitcher is, is well within reason for Mike Clevenger and had an amazing, amazing finish in, in 2020 with Cleveland. Yeah. Um, At the time that they acquired him, he had one of the five lowest ERAs in baseball. Yeah. The the one thing I'm very worried about him is, so he, right now, if you look, mm-hmm. he is being drafted 197 ADP, but. He is being drafted as high as 106th and as low as 285th. So there's there's, nobody can really get a gauge on how to value Mike Clevenger. The problem here is that Mike Clevenger in his career has only pitched 200 innings once. And beyond that, I think his next lowest or next highest season was like 134 innings. So Mike Clevenger coming. What is it? 126 to be exact. That was in 2019. Yeah, exactly. So. To bet on Mike Clevenger to throw more than 126 innings, if that, in 2022, I think you're being very, very aggressive. And, and you know, he could come back and throw 200 innings, right? Guys come back and, and recover from Tommy John all the time. But April, May, even into June, I think the Padres are going to be very, very careful with the way that they use Mike Clevenger because they have a ton of pitching depth, too. Like, they don't need to throw Mike Clevenger out there for six or seven innings in a start. Like they can throw him four innings and, and throw somebody else like Denelson Lamette piggyback him. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm staying far, far away from Mike mm-hmm. Clevenger. Um, I mean, if he falls to 285th, like take him, please take him, but mm-hmm. do not take him in the first 200 picks. I am not taking him in the first 200 yeah. picks. And if you just want to read the tea leaves and whatnot, the Padres have not been good when it comes to injuries to pitchers. Uh, they've had a lot of them. A lot of people think that uh, Darvish's injury last year might have affected him, whether or not that's true is one thing. But, you know, Demelson Lamette, uh, we, we lose Adrian Morajon last year for basically, the, no, literally the whole season, right? There's been a lot of injuries, and I just think trying to buy in. If you knew that Mike Clevenger could come in there and he'd give you, you know, at least maybe, maybe even just 160 innings, right? Even if it was just 160 innings, get you a decent amount of wings, get you some elite strikeout stuff he did have 200k as his last like fully um healthy season then 169 the year after he could be great he could be great his whip stuff and like i said at the time they acquired him 
since like 2017 was the stat that it was like Kershaw, Scherzer, Degrom, and one other guy, and then Max Scher- and then uh, Mike Clevenger for like the lowest ERA marks. He does have the upside, but I'm with you, man. I just think that like I can see this going poorly if you draft him too highly. Like you said, in the, as high as the hundreds, I'd rather just take Darvish and go. You know what I mean? To take you, Darvish, know that you'll get at least some good strikeout stuff from him. Maybe some regression, um, some positive regression. But yeah, Clevenger's a weird one. It is exciting that he's back for the team, but excitement for you being back to the team doesn't always mean fantasy success. Remember, we have to take into account wins. Like you said, four innings, that won't classify him for wins. So he might be a good pitcher for you, maybe even at your ERA and whip. But uh, I just don't see it, man. I don't see it as being a viable top-level option. And I'd, I'd just rather wait draft some more offense, maybe draft a guy for steals even, uh, then go. So the, so Javi, this is, um, another one for you that, <laughs> that you might be able to shine yeah. some light on. Sorry. You're, you're, uh, you were lagging there for a bit. I might cut you oh, off. It's all right. This happens sometimes. It happens. It happens. <laughs> go, um, go for it. but, but, um, you know, obviously I don't watch every Padres game, so I'm just yeah. seeing a lot of these numbers, right? Trent Grisham last year, was not his mm. best offensively, but but one question mark I have about him is his his stolen base numbers. He he stole ten bags in two hundred and fifty yeah. plate appearances in the twenty twenty mm-hmm. season, and yet he only stole thirteen and five hundred and fifty plate appearances last year. So like, yeah, the difference between twenty five bags for Trent Grisham and thirteen bags is massive. So can you maybe shine some light on yeah. on why he wasn't stealing as many bags last year? I think that it's funny because the entire Padres team just stopped swiping bags, which is one thing that was really frustrating because they were actually winning when they were a little bit more aggressive on the base pass and being, you know, like I said, uh, even had Jake Cronenworth had like a couple ones and Jake Cronenworth is not a very good base runner. Manny Machado had a three steal game against the Dodgers at one point. Like there was a lot of running early on. They were aggressive and it worked. And then all of a sudden they just kind of stopped. Whether that was for injuries, maybe in the case of Tatis, who then started sliding uh, feet first and whatnot instead of with the arm, which was smart and it still worked out. So don't worry about Tatis in that department. But uh, it's like I think a lot of people thought this was a 25-20 guy. And that did not happen. At the beginning, he was amazing. I mean, I remember his first, I think it was against the Rangers when he came into the season, hit a home run in his first game. Right? He was awesome. He was stealing bags. And then he only ends up with 13. And he strikes out a whole lot, and he's not going to help you really in batting average. Maybe there's a universe if you play in an on-base percentage league, maybe he gets you 350, something like that, something that's a little bit more attainable. But that's the thing with Grisham is his counting stats with the home runs and the stolen bases are going to be the big value. And I'm worried about him. You would peg him initially as a guy who's going to bounce back and say, come on. 13 home runs, like 13 stolen bases. He's got to be better than that, right? He's got to give you at least 20-20. But I don't know. In today's fantasy landscape, I just think that there are more sure things. Watching Grisham bat, I know he can hit, but man, those like inside fastballs seem to just kill him sometimes. And it's just frustrating. He swings through pitches. It wasn't as bad as like watching Tommy Pham last year. But even still, Grisham, yeah, I would take a chance on him depending on where he's being drafted. But... I just think a lot of people think it's going to be a surefire bounce back could score a decent amount of runs. But like I said, that batting average is probably going to hurt you. So just leverage expectations. If he's a 2020 guy and that's what you want from him, then yes, but don't expect the superstar output as a like top 55 ish pick that I think he was going last year. Yeah. So this year he's, he's going as like a top 130 guy. Um, we have mm-hmm. him ranked as our 37th ranked catch our outfielder. Um, and that's kind of in line with, with what everybody else has them. 
He's uh, the mm-hmm. 36th ranked outfielder by ADP. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not really gonna like chase Trent Grisham here. Another guy that is is um, somewhat interesting because I think he's he's close to being a top five second baseman in real life, but he doesn't mm-hmm. even crack the top ten in our second base rankings. Is Jake Cronenworth? Um, I think yep. you would agree that that Jake Cronenworth at his best is one of the best second basemen in baseball. Yeah. Um, but from a, a fantasy perspective, he just does not add enough batting average wise, counting stat wise. He does add some stolen bags, but it's not enough. We have him as our 14th ranked second baseman behind <clears throat> um, Edmund, Jazz Chisholm, Jonathan India, Brandon Lau, those, those guys. So I think mm-hmm. give me your thoughts there. That's a tough one because like some people might be thinking, well, what the heck? He's he's more consistent. He can play multiple positions, which I do think is a good point to bring up that I'm pretty sure he's going to have multiple positional eligibility. So that's nice. He's the type of guy that you take if you're like, you know what? I'm good. I just want a steady flow. I want a guy that can maybe hit. He did hit 21 bombs last year, which isn't too bad. But I don't want to invest too much in that position because in fairness, second base is a little shallow. It's a lot more shallow than I remember it being in the Brian Dozier days who hit like what did he hit that one year? Was it like 48 home runs? He was he like so good that one. Or something, yeah. Yeah, he hit like 44, gave you 20 steals or something like that. Ozzy Albies, while he will potentially hurt you in batting average and on base, or at least definitely in on base percentage leagues. Um, when it comes to his power, hit 30 bombs last year and had 20 stolen bags. So just for everybody that is wondering, while you could argue Jay Cronenworth is better, Albies is going to have those counting stats and be a top-level yeah. player in fantasy baseball. I mean, like My view is just kind of if you get him at the right price, that, that yeah. outside the top 10, I just think build around the rest of your team. He's just going to be steady. And he's yeah. going to be a guy that you're going to be like, oh, cool, today. And he hit, drove in an RBI, maybe got me a home run, and just doesn't kill me and batting average and on base every week. Um, you know, he didn't really go through too much of a cold stretch last year, which was good. Just a very steady player. But don't draft him with knowing what his real life uh, ability is, because if you do that, you might be a little bit disappointed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the thing with Cronenworth is he doesn't steal the bags that we need from a second baseman. Like Jazz yeah. Chisholm can yeah. realistically be a 25-20 guy. Um, yeah. You're not getting that from, mm-hmm. from Cronenworth. So it's a tough yeah. one. Yeah, he he's a guy that's probably, you know, being like rated accurately at his current ADP, but mm-hmm. he's not a guy that I'm like, that's the guy I need to get as my second baseman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if anybody's wondering why they're like, why is Jazz Chisholm ahead? It's because, like you said, 25 20, and with not a lot of speed on the base pass for a second baseman, that's why for Jake Cronenworth. And I don't think that there's any upside there potentially. He is not a very good base runner. <laughs> so uh, the last guy that I think I want to talk about really quickly because I know it'll make longtime listeners of the pod uh, happy. Um, I cannot say him by name, but of course, that is the first baseman for the Padres. Um, you can say him, feel free to. If anybody's wondering, the only case to be made for him is if for some reason his 2020 comes back and he's been very healthy throughout his career. And if you want him as a bench piece who could maybe hit you 25 home runs in a pinch, if he stays fully healthy, then yes, the Padres' first baseman is viable. Otherwise, you just stay very, very far away from him. Batting average department, he actually might not be bad in that situation. In on-base leagues, he would be bad. But in terms of the the batting average, I actually forgot. Let me see. What did he hit last year? I forgot what the heck he hit. Was it 260? 270? That's not too bad. The problem, though, yeah, he had 280 in 2020 is what I'm remembering. But the 260 average, look, guys, first baseman is where you are supposed to get your crazy, crazy RBI power numbers. 
He's probably not going to give that to you. If you get him around that Chris Paddock range and you're like, screw it, let me have fun for when his BABIP goes out of control and every ground ball he hits gets through the infield. And then you're like, cool, this is fun for like two weeks. Otherwise, no, uh, stay away. I'm not even going to try and make a case for him anymore. Oh, man, dude, looking at his fly ball rate just like <laughs> pisses me off. Like, Javi, you just went and ruined my day, man. Thanks. Thanks. Dude, like, it's I'm pretty in a rough. bad mood. This is like the time of the interview. Like, you, you see all those like hip hop interviews, and they're like, they get asked that one question. They're like, I'm out of here. Yeah, like, that's me right now. like, you know, why you're killing me. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's not great. It's not great. And then when you look up the alternate universe of maybe Ty France. Being the first baseman, it uh, it hurts a little bit. A guy who hit 291, 368 last year. Not a lot of home runs, but 18 home runs. The fact that that guy is so infinitely better of a pick than the current Padres first baseman is kind of uh, illustrates where they are right I now. Mean, but we'll be. Any last kind of fantasy picks, advice, or what have you? And just for a little bit of fun, how do you go about naming your fantasy team? Right? Because this is a crucial part i hate it when people just have the you know in this case team olsen team reyes right they don't even they don't do anything differently all right i like creativity and coming up with stuff you know what do you got for me um i i'm i'm historically i wouldn't say bad at naming my team but i, I take a while to like get the vibe of my mm. team and like gotcha kind of gotcha what's my name what's the vibe of the league too so i'm in a, I'm in a league right now where all of our team names are actually minor league teams, and my uh, my <laughs> team name is a is an ex indie indie ball team called the Bridgeport Bluefish. Um, they're not even they, they don't even <laughs> awesome. exist anymore, but that's my team name in that in that league. But yeah, you really just gotta um, get a vibe for the league. Like in fantasy football this year, for example, right? You guys were roasting roasting the hell out of me for being a bad commish. <laughs> so what did I do? I made my team a hundred hundred percent approval rating because. Because I'm the commish, and you you don't get to tell me how good of a job I'm doing. I'm doing the best job. Yeah, I, I like that, though. I like it when you – it doesn't have to be – because I know some people say, well, you got to name it after a player. You don't have to do that. No. The amount of times everybody I know in my leagues thought they were so clever by naming their team the Utley Ducklings. Uh, guys, stop. Yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. knows how to Google fantasy yeah, baseball yeah. team names. Yeah, name it after a movie. Hey, I've had that. some winners before, by the way. Yeah, don't do that. Um. This past year, I think in fantasy football, I changed it to the demons because a kid that I hate in my league now uh, said I was a demon or whatever at some point. So after I won it all, I changed it to that. In our fantasy football league, it was the Reyes dynasty. Called my shot. I ended up winning the league um, because shout out Amon Ross St. Brown and Cooper Cup. Just just incredible stuff. Just That's all you need. Fantasy football, unlike fantasy um baseball fantasy football you just get those like one or two guys you might win it's just as simple yep. as that sorry to break it to everybody you just might have the best fantasy season in history so um and i think an what it was another one friday night rights was one that i used to use okay. all the time with david wright um it was an all-timer it's one of my favorites um i usually name myself king reyes heading into the draft and then afterwards i find out something else but yeah man i mean there's there's been some good ones out there there's been some good ones. this boyd's life for Tyler Boyd and fantasy football, it's an old Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro movie. Just don't, I, I recommend to people either name it something dumb that is only like, not dumb, but like it doesn't have anything to do with the name. Like Colby said, 100% approval rating, something silly or jokes think really play. hard about a reference. Inside jokes play really, really well. That's what I would recommend. And I do like if you're going to name, use a player's name in the name, don't use like Otani or like a really basic one, like go deep cut. Give, give me a player that that's just like, I was not expecting that. That's awesome. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think I made and in fantasy basketball this year. Mine was opening the third eye because I drafted Kyrie Irving. So everybody, I love naming my team names a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and I hope you guys love hearing us talk about it. Colby, any last things you want to plug before we, uh, you know, shut this bad boy down? Um, yeah, guys, go check out the new podcast under the Just Baseball Network, Not Gambling Advice. Me and Peter Apple are covering the entire fantasy baseball landscape preseason. And then as we get more into the season, we're going to be doing a lot more gambling coverage, um, but but still going to be keeping up to date with everything fantasy baseball throughout the season, giving you pickups and, and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, go check that out on just got up on Spotify yesterday and we're on Apple and YouTube. Um, we just released our first base ranking so you can find the man who shall not be named on there. He is 29. <laughs> 29 below Bobby Dahlback. That's how low we've stooped. <laughs> Bobby Dahlback, who would literally murder your batting average almost single-handedly, but still a better option than the Padres guy because of the power potential. Um, Colby, it's been a blast. Everyone, you can follow him on Twitter at Colby underscore Olsen three as well. And he's writing over at just baseball, a whole bunch of stuff. He does pitching breakdowns, which I very much like individual pitches who has the best sliders, curveballs, stuff like that in the league. Fastballs, of course, too. Um, hopefully we'll see some Padres guys mentioned in future I mean, Hobby, pieces. Blake Snell was like, hmm. what did I have him at? 17th best pitcher in baseball going yeah. to next year. Yeah. Let's go. Let's yeah. Fire, for the top 20 pitchers Snell in general. Up. Yeah, man. I'm look, I'm, I'm excited. I think that there's some good potential for this team, man. And definitely for fantasy and whatnot. And I'm looking forward to kicking your ass along with, uh, everybody else in the Just Baseball staff. I think it's going to be great when I win again, uh, very secretly. I can't believe I called my shot with the, with the damn football and I actually won. Anyway, um, it's been a blast. And that's about does it, everybody, for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Again, follow me at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you want to see me flailing my arms around or whatever shirt I'm wearing, you can check out on YouTube as well, Lockdown Padres on YouTube. Until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful, my prior faithful owners. Come on, come on.